Hey friends, I have a new ad partner that I think you're going to love because I already love them. And that is Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix sends style so good that you can feel it. They deliver all the confidence that comes with a truly amazing outfit without any of the work. With Stitch Fix, you get a stylist who understands your style, your size, and your budget, and they do all the shopping for you. It's the easiest way to transform your wardrobe. I feel like they just get me. They do get you. They just knew what would look right on me, and I hate taking stuff out. Yes. So it's like Christmas when you open that box, and you're like, how did you know? Exactly. It is Christmas, and I cannot wait till my next one. So go ahead, take the leap, do Stitch Fix, get your own personal stylist, and feel as bougie as we do these days using Stitch Fix, but not for a crazy price because they get your budget. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash naked. That's stitchfix.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Stitchfix.com slash naked. Well, I hope you and your families had a wonderful Christmas. I'm sure that you're still cleaning up wrapping paper and eating leftovers, and I hope you're enjoying every minute of it. But we wanted to come to you with a very special best of 2021 episode. We're going to go through our favorite episodes from this past year, and we are so excited to reminisce with you. We are, because 2021 has been a very unique year. I think it's one of those years that we're going to tell our great grandchildren about someday. We've lived yeah. through a lot collectively this year with the the pandemic, with uh, just a, just an interesting year in the world. Life looks different. It does at the end of twenty twenty one, in good and bad ways, I guess. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot to be thankful for this year, and certainly a lot of great moments here on the Naked Marriage Podcast. And we want to thank you for just being part of this community. We yes. want to thank you for um, your encouragement, your prayers, for leaving reviews, for just listening faithfully every week. And we certainly hope that this year that the Naked Marriage Podcast has been a bright spot for you. And uh, you've certainly been a bright spot for us. And so yes, we put together this special episode to end the year, last episode of 2021. we got great things planned for 2022. But we want to share with you some of our favorite moments and from the feedback, some of your favorite moments yes. from 2021. And the first clip we're going to show you is uh, from our 20th anniversary episode, which aired back in May when we had 20 years of marriage together. Yes. And we brought all four of our kids, Cooper, Connor, <laughs> Chandler, and Chatham, the four most awesome boys in the world. In and, our opinion. In our opinion. <laughs> and, um, and we had a lot of fun, and we want to share this clip from them answering some fun questions. We have a Naked Marriage podcast first, and we have all four Willis boys here in the studio with us. Yay! (laughs) We're going to be asking them questions about mom and dad, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Are you guys ready? Yes. I'm excited. Awesome. Well, we're going to have a lot of fun, but before we dive into the questions, we're going to do introductions. I'm Cooper, and I'm 16. I'm Connor, and I'm 14. This is Chatham, and he's six. I'm Chandler, and I'm nine, and I like pizza. Okay. Yeah, there you go. So I'm going to ask these questions. This is about mom and dad. What have you learned from your parents about what it means to be married? You treat your spouse like your best friend. Whenever you get married and you got kids, you're going to want a little free time. Gosh. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by free time? Like, <laughs> just, like just go on a date every day so you can get free time from every your kids. Every day. <laughs> That's- okay, let's go to question wait, wait, two. Oh, yeah. I, I wanted to say something. When you get married, every day you get, you get your life. Oh, <laughs> that's great. You do. What do your mom and dad do for fun? They go on walks with each other. No, they go to restaurants and stuff. Um, hang out with us. 
Yeah, we yes, love hanging out with you guys. Of course. How does your dad show your mom that he loves her? What about your mom? Okay. And they have like the leg of love thing. The leg of love. Mom allows that. Okay, what the is leg the of leg of love? love? <laughs> the, the, the leg of love sounds really naughty. It's really not. It's uh, the leg of love is when I wrap my leg around her and and like hold her in a cuddle uh, position. It's more of a she's not binding a it's position. A, you're right. So I just like <laughs> squeeze her and I wrap my leg all the way around her, you know, like spooning. And she hates being confined, and so mm. I can only do it for about five seconds. But yeah, but, I give you but it's love. love. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, she kisses that every day. Yeah, yes. and I love that. <laughs> okay, what is the most embarrassing thing your parents have done? You have My what? My mom being naked in the bath. Oh. <laughs> That's just a bath. That's just a bath. Well, of course, in a bath, you better be naked or you wouldn't get clean. Okay, so this one's fun. What are your family traditions? So one of the traditions is every single Christmas, our mom buys us new pajamas, and then we all take a family Christmas picture. That's right. We did, yeah. Yeah. Dinosaur, it, it was, remember? The, the dinosaur boat thing on top of the pajamas. It was a dinosaur yeah. with a Santa hat on. Yeah. Yeah, and Cooper, you had something? Okay. Yeah. Happy 20th anniversary. Oh, thank you. Oh, my goodness. I just love hearing their voices. And next, we're going to share, honestly, I think this might have been my very favorite episode besides, I mean, of course, the kids, that's my favorite episode, but really just a super special episode from this past year. And in this clip, you're going to hear from just a person I admire so much and have learned so much from. Um, And this is a a person named Richmond. He's amazing. He has such a story to share with you. If you have not listened to this entire episode, please go back and listen to the entire episode. But here's a little snippet from his interview with us. Richmond, as we dive in, why don't you just start kind of at the beginning and tell us a little bit about what was life like for you as a child in Uganda? Well, thank you so much. Um, here's, here's what I'd like for people to know about me first, that I feel so lucky to be alive. Mm-hmm. I feel like some other people, friends of mine, who we are lost along the way, would have done so much more and so much better because they were brilliant. They were simply amazing. But yet, um, friends of mine like Daniel, who we called Solomon because he was brilliant, uh, ended up passing away. Mm. And at a very young age, I saw what children shouldn't see. And so I feel very lucky and so feel very blessed that I can share with you a little bit of my story, a little bit of my journey, and hopefully uh, reflectively, Mm -hmm. such that we are able to draw some lessons and some nuggets uh, that we can engage with and wrestle with, and hopefully drive us to some actions that can turn the world of a child into something beautiful. Yes. So my whole life, changed when I was eight years old. It was at the age of eight that my father was murdered in the presence of my mother. Wow. Goodness. On one day, I lost both parents. My father physically, he was gone. But my mother, emotionally and psychologically, she was not the same. Mm -hmm. She was, (laughs) my mother was the kind of woman you called when you were having a bad day. Mm-hmm. She could talk your ear off. She was loud and she was 
funny and exciting and we enjoyed time with her. But after my father passed, it felt like music left her life. Mm. And we as kids looked at, at this lady who we couldn't see how she was the woman we knew before. Mm-hmm. And so after laying our father to rest, three months later, we got this knock from the landlord that said to us, you can no longer live here. And we knew that day was coming, but on the day that it actually came and we were forced out of our house, we knew that our lives had changed. We ended up being thrown into one of Uganda's largest slums called Naguru. Mm-hmm. Naguru was about 19,000 families at the time, approximately 45,000 people. And all of them were living in such a dense community. Small houses, some 10 by 10 feet, some 12 by 12 feet, a whole line of houses living in the worst sanitation possible. Mm. And when I arrived in Naguru, I knew that my life was not going to remain the same. And then doors just began shutting down in front of me. I was first told, Richmond, you can no longer go to school. Many of you know, many of you would know that Uganda runs a private education system. Yes. If your parents can afford for you to go to school, great. Go to school. But if your parents cannot afford for you to go to school and you have no sponsor, you've got to stay home. And so as a child, I was used to going to school and I enjoyed school. My favorite subject was mathematics. I really enjoyed the mathematics teacher. But I was now told you couldn't go to school. And so I began staying home. And then the big announcement came from my mother who said to us, There's no more money for food. See, my mother, she was widowed at the age of 25. I have five siblings, which means at the age of 25, my mother already had six children. She was married as a teenager. She knew only to stay home and wait for my father's provision. Mm -hmm. And when my father was now out of the picture, all of us were now hanging onto her arms wanting her to provide the security and the support that we were used to. And that was not possible. And so my mother was completely devastated. We were living in a country whose government has no plan for women like that. There is no welfare. There is no government support. There is nothing to to hang on to. And so in this slum, my mother's life kept deteriorating because, again, being married off as a teenager, she had no education, she had no skill, she had no job, and her health was bad. And so for us as kids, you know, we were in the home and we kind of got used to staying in the slum. But then after my mother said there was no more money for food, what began as visits to the street became a lifestyle. We could just wake up in the morning and go. I used to walk with my little sister, Doreen, who was six at the time, while my other brothers, Richard, Ronald, Raphael, and my last born sister, Sharon, used to go in a different direction. So we could kind of take different paths Mm -hmm. from home to increase the chances of picking stuff 
from the road. So like I said, what began as a visit to the street became a lifestyle and we could just wake up in the morning and go. And I think sometimes people don't quite get the kind of fear, anxiety and agony that fills the heart of a mother who does not know where her children are. We could wake up in the morning and go, and my mother just keeps her fingers crossed that we would come back because some of you are aware that in Africa there is a lot of child sacrifice. In Africa, the roads sometimes are so bad that one big pothole could lead a car off the road and into slamming so many street children. And in Uganda, that's not unusual. We see every day trucks that have lost their braking system or whatever, just running in and just killing so many children on the side. And so uh, my mother was in a place of difficulty, but she was helpless, not knowing what to do. And so luckily, we were able to go out every day and come back home sometimes um, with greens, sometimes with sugar cane, Mm. sometimes with potatoes or whatever we've picked on the street, and we would cook that and eat. Mm-hmm. Remember, we are not in school. Nothing is occupying our time. And we as kids are just simply trying to survive. But then when the rainy seasons came, uh, for us, it was the worst possible season of the year. So I've met people who said they love rain. Mm-hmm. And whenever someone says to me, I love the rain, I, I kind of take two steps back from yeah. such a person because I realize we are so different. I recall one night, it was about 2 a.m. in the morning, and it began to rain. We were living in a 12 by 12 single room, which had an old tin roof, Mm -hmm. and our floor was simply dirt. And when it began to rain, it was loud, and so we were kind of used to that. Mm -hmm. But this kind of rain came with such a storm and wind and torrent Mm -hmm. that the central iron sheet of our house was blown off because it was very old. The amount of water that filled our house that night, it changed me. It changed all of us. It felt like our house had become one giant bucket and we were in there drowning and being cold in it. Yeah. And it was not easy night after night and then when the rainy seasons came, there was cholera. There was, we just didn't know which disease was going to break out in the community. Yeah. And so I feared the rain. And that's why even to this day, when, when I hear a very loud thunder or lightning, it just transports me back to those days. Hmm. Wow. But yet in the middle of such great desperation, my mother realized that if nothing changes, she would lose us. And so she reached out for help. And even though she was not a believer and we at home, we're not Christians, someone told her that, why don't you go to the church? There is a church in the community on the north side that sponsors children. They provide help. And she had never heard of compassion. So my mother, because she's desperate, goes to this church. And she tells our story. 
and she was surprised at how fast people from the church came to our home. And they took pictures of us and got our birthday information and our story. And they said that they would go and try to find sponsors for us. And it wasn't long, probably three, four months later, that they came back with the most amazing news. Richmond has got a sponsor. Wow. To this, the sound of those words was like the best news ever. <laughs> I was later on told that my sponsor was a 15-year-old girl oh. called Heather. Wow. To this day, I wonder and marvel what maturity would be given to a 15-year-old to decide of her own to live simply so I could simply live. Mm, yeah. I wondered because she took a babysitting job so that she could earn some money and support this young African boy who was dealing with such suffering and pain beyond his years. I wondered what kind of family would raise a child like that with such a perspective of the world. Because being familiar with 15-year-olds, most 15-year-olds are only concerned about themselves or their immediate family, or at least their case. Yes. Which 15-year-old would be looking beyond the boundaries of their home and beyond the boundaries of their nation to get involved with the issues that other children around the world are battling with. One goal we've had as a family lately is to try to just eat healthier, and junk is sometimes more convenient, and we're eating unhealthy, not because we want to, but it's just because it's what's easy to grab. But then came along Thrive. That's right. Thrive Market is helping us in really simple, practical ways. And as a Thrive Market member, we save money on every single grocery order. On average, we save over 30% each time, which I mean, I don't know about you, but I love saving money. They even have a deals page that changes daily and always has some of our favorite brands, which right now we are loving the Hum brand, Zero Sugar Kombucha. And so check those out. Go to Thrive Market, join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash naked for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash N-A-K-E-D, thrivemarket.com slash naked. I love learning. I know that sounds nerdy and dorky, but I just love learning. I love understanding history and how things fit together and what's happening in the world. But if you're like me, you're busy and it's hard to learn. It can be expensive to learn. Maybe you want to keep learning and growing. You're like, I don't know how to fit that into my schedule. I got the perfect solution for you. And it's Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College is a world-class accredited university that's offering some of their core 
courses for free. I mean, absolutely free. They're just wanting to spread knowledge here. I'm telling you, it sounds too good to be true, but it really is true. They're making it possible for you to learn about world economics and things like ancient Christianity, which I highly recommend. It's an 11 lecture course where you study the inspiring stories of Christ and his apostles and the faithful ones throughout the first centuries of Christianity, plus learning the the basics of Christian apologetics. And guys, you can do this for free. I'm so excited about what Hillsdale does. I love their commitment to faith and values, and you can take part in this by going to hillsdale.edu slash naked to enroll at no cost. And it's easy to get started. It's H-I-L-L-S-D-A-L-E dot E-D-U slash N-A-K-E-D to register. That's hillsdale.edu slash naked naked. Inflation is out of control and it just seems like money flies out the window. I look at our account daily and I'm just like, where does this money go? And you're probably the same way. And that's why I'm really excited about a new ad partner we have called Rocket Money. This is an app that helps you in real time see exactly where your money is going. And even more importantly, they'll help you identify and cancel subscriptions that you're not using. On average, they're saving their users $720 a year. I didn't think I had any subscriptions we weren't using, but this is what happens. You sign up for a a free subscription to something, you're not using it, and that free subscription runs out. You're paying five or 10 bucks a month for the rest of your life until you cancel it. Rocket Money helped us identify it get that under control and save a bundle right from the start. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscription, guys. That's half a billion bucks. You need to get your share of that. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions today by going to rocketmoney.com slash naked. That's rocketmoney.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Start saving money today. Uh, again, uh, Dr. Richmond Wandera, thank you for, so for being on the program. Thank you to Compassion International, uh, who, who helped make this possible. Com- uh, Richmond had been a, a child through the Compassion program. Compassion, mm-hmm. of course, is a, a ministry we've supported for years. We currently sponsor three children uh, through it. And after listening to that episode, I just think everyone should want to mm. sponsor a kid because you see the life-changing impact it can make. And his story is uh, is one that I'll carry with me always. And I just want to say this. Out of all of our episodes, I remember getting so many emails and Instagram posts, like different messages from you guys saying, wow, I have never heard a story like that. And I just want to thank all of you who sponsored a child after hearing that. So many of you wrote me and said, you know, we didn't even know about Compassion and now we're sponsoring a child or three children. Or, or you've said, I've been a Compassion sponsor for years and now we've decided to add one more child into our family. And I'm just telling you guys, like it just, it makes our whole year. Like whenever I get a message like that, I tear up and I just thank God for your willingness to do that. So thank you guys. Yes. Thanks so much. All right. This next episode uh, that we, we want to highlight was a fun one. It it's was. when Ashley's parents came on the program, Bill and Mary McRae. We got so much great feedback. They are a ton of fun. Uh, but also shared some some nuggets of wisdom, too. And so they did. And here's a little story that they shared that just we love so much. But we have totally different personalities. You all very, know that. Yeah, they know do. that. Mm-hmm. Bill's very reserved. I'm very Not. ongoing. <laughs> but, but, but I love it because you bring out each other's strings. Right. Without trying to change the yeah. other. You know, you compliment yeah. each other so well. And but he's such a good person. Yes. You know what I mean? He has the heart. And that's well, you what have I a good heart too, Mom. Well, yes. thank you. But that's what I noticed most. You were saying what drew me to Bill. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I had an MGB, and Bill went out to the parking lot, and he goes, we "Well, a car, guys." Oh, I'm For sorry. It's a little sports car. Little sports car. <laughs> and his little ex girlfriend had one too. Mine was newer, but but somebody broke into mine. You know, cut the the convertible top. top. Yes, stole my stuff, and I'm like, "What am I going to do?" Because when I was single. I lived on maybe $3. If I didn't date, you didn't eat. Yeah. <laughs> so he went and got uh, stuff and fixed it all for me and put it in. Which a new he still radio. does till this day. I know. We were just talking, guys, like my parents own Airbnbs and then, of course, they have their own home. And in one week, they had an air conditioner go out, a washing machine go out. And both of these things were like 20 plus years old. And yes, my dad. They never throw anything Because away. they don't. I was going to say, my dad. He's so good at just figuring out how stuff works. Like, that's how your brain works, Dad. And it's so cool. And we have a couple of our kids who are like that. And we yes, just, they it did makes not get me that smile. Me. I love it. Um, but uh, Dad, of course, is fixing it, you know. And, and 20 that's year thing. old front loaders, and I'm ready to get a new. And he's like, Mary, the motor on this is only $20. We're going to fix it. Which I said, so I'm awesome. still getting a new washer and dryer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still getting it. So you got to work it out, right? I know. And you know, speaking of financial stuff, I want to say this, like I've watched my parents, you know, we've always had more than we needed, but I know that you guys just in what you've told me have gone through lean times. Oh my goodness. And, um, my mom, you know, actually was a stay at home mom for many years, but I always, and Dave said this before too, she was really the Proverbs 31 woman though, because when, when we needed extra money and and my dad has owned his business for many, many years and he does very well with that. But if they ever needed something extra, because my sister and I, did expensive activities like dance and Mm -hmm. competitive dance and competitive cheerleading. And that involves travel. Yeah. So we had, that's why they needed the extra money. And I know that my mom, she would just come up with stuff to do. And my dad would support her in that or together they would come up with something. I had a hair bow business where I would sell like 350 hair bows to a closed community at a dance thing where there's like 2000 kids. Mm -hmm. So, Hey, yeah. And she would always kick in (laughs) with ideas to make money. So like at rehearsals, we set up a, a thing to sell hot dogs and candy. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> you just I mean, anything, anything to make an extra dollar. Daddy videoed funny. the things and we sold videos. Yeah, to also, this I, would video the, I would video the, well, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I would video the uh, We were allowed to do it. Yeah. Right, of course. And then <laughs> sell videos to the parents. Yeah. This is before anybody had cell phone videos no. and all this right. stuff. Now, well, so you had this, was like, this was like the, the big old sh- on the shoulder camera. Yes. Yeah, and and you had the the understanding with your electronics background of how to like mass produce tapes and edit and, and yes. do all that. It, it was a skill set people didn't have. But you two's hard work and resourcefulness um, is really something to to learn from. You know, I think especially you know one thing. I think with with more recent generations, even our own kids, you know, it's like the the minute that they face hardship as a generation, it seems like there's this tendency to say like, oh, well, that's not for me or I'm just not going to go any farther because that's hard. But with with you guys, it's like whenever you did face a hardship, it's like you just found a way. It's like, well, this isn't a dead end. This is a challenge we're going to figure out and and we're going to we're going to get through it. And and you and you always did. Oh, dear mom and dad. I'm telling you guys, guys, they um. What, what you guys saw, I had so many people who know my parents write me and say, I just love that. It warmed my heart. But they said, man, your mom was being a little tame because you guys, as funny as my mother was on that podcast, that is only like half of oh, the yeah. energy she that Mary brings to a room. So anyway, love you, mom and dad. Thank you for being on the podcast. And of course, not only did we have Ashley's parents, That's but right. we had my parents. His amazing Brad parents. Brad and Karen Willis. Um, 
they are just they're they're awesome. I they love are. you guys. I still want to be like you when I grow up. And they shared uh, a really touching and mm-hmm. powerful moment of vulnerability uh, on on their. We had a lot of laughs too. Go listen to it. We laughed a lot. They, they're hilarious. But <laughs> this clip we want to show you was the most serious moment of the interview, um, where my dad uh, very recently had a a near death experience and what that whole uh, trial did to bring them closer to one another. And so listen to this story. Even through the serious stuff, you guys walked through a lot of hard stuff, even like these past two years, watching dad's health challenges and the way you've leaned on God and each other through that. And, and even on the hard days, you know, still, still trying to keep that sense of humor. I mean, that's, it's been just good to see. And now, now that you're coming out of that, um, that's even better to see. (laughs) Yeah. He's, he's coming back. He's almost back. Yeah, because she called me. I was in intensive care, and she said. It's okay. She said, don't leave me. And I said, well, I'm doing the best I can, but, Mm. you know. Yeah. Gave us a scare. I mean, we really thought. Yeah, I really did. It was rough. He had a pulmonary embolus, and uh, he was in Texas. He was working in Texas, and the doctor called and said, you know, it's it's really serious. He, you know, may not make it through mm. the night. And so I couldn't get there. And so it was like, you know, we were apart. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and um, you know, it's just one of those things. And, you know, I kept the phone by my bed all night. I didn't sleep all night because they were, they gave him a real strong medication called TPA, the, the clot buster. And they said, if this works, he will live. If it doesn't, he won't. Mm-hmm. And so I just waited all night for a phone call, and, and the phone call never came. And so I was so thankful because I knew he'd made it through, you know, through the night. And if he lived through the night, they felt like he would live. And so I got there the next day, and, uh, <clears throat> and, and, he, and he lived. So, so we're just so grateful. We're so oh, thankful. Yeah. Yes, we were all. really a miracle. It was a, it we, was a miracle. Mm-hmm. We were praying so hard, and mm-hmm. but that, that just it was terrifying for all of us. But right. for you, Dad, to be laying there and not knowing, not knowing what the next minutes would hold, and Mom, for you to have to mm-hmm. be living with that news and couldn't get there right away. I mean that that's a that's a that's as hard as it gets. Yeah. But how God carried you through that and. Right, you know, and even through more. I mean, yeah, and then uh-huh. and that was and, and that's the beginning of beginning a long of battle. a long yeah. Embolism led to cancer diagnosis, cancer led to a kidney being removed. You had mm-hmm. food poisoning after that. You had um, a staph infection in your knee where you couldn't walk for yeah. you know better part of a year, and and to do some really painful rehab and a knee replacement and. I mean, over the course of a year and a half, I mean, just... Mm-hmm. And in the middle of a pandemic. And in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. And then the financial <laughs> mm-hmm. pressure of having to cancel work. And, mm-hmm. and with all that, though, just... And I know it was, it was just so, so hard to deal with 20 years worth of struggles all in, packed into a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you just never lost your faith. Mm-hmm. You kept leaning on God, right. leaning on each other. And, mm-hmm. and what a, just what a great example that is for us. Is. I mean, it's just prepare us for... Well, you know, when we mm-hmm. face hard, hard stuff to just be like, I want to face it like mom and dad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the Lord, he gives you the strength because I, I told the doctor, I said, I'm a Christian. So I went either way. You know, if I pass, I'll be with Jesus. And if mm-hmm. I live, then I'll still be here. So, yeah. And he said, well, I don't, I don't think you got a good chance to make it. And I said, well, mm-hmm. you know, either way. Yeah. So, but he was wrong. <laughs> yeah. He you was. are. Yeah. 
Yeah, the Wolfman, the Wolfman's the fighter. That's always been the name Brad has in football. That's right, he is the Wolfman. Because he's uh, he's also a lot hairier than me. I'm not sure what happened to me. But Dad, Dad's hair follicles have extra hair follicles. Like right. his, so his, they're like sprout hair follicles. Yeah, they do. But me, yeah. like my kids, make fun of the fact that I still can't grow a whole beard at 43. So I don't know when puberty is going to set in for me. But so funny. Eventually. But it's so true what you said because uh, it's. You know, Brad has always been healthy as a horse, so it's like, you know, this kind of came out of nowhere, and uh, and then it's all been kind of, you know, concentrated in one time segment, and it's been it's been a season of trial, I guess, or difficulty, as you would say, but but truly, I mean, we can say that from our heart, God has been faithful; He has taken care of every need for us, and as difficult as it's been. It's been kind of a sweet time too, you mm-hmm. know, if you can say that because, you know, it, it's, we've leaned on each other and leaned on the Lord in a whole new way. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's been good and the bad. So mm-hmm. it's hard to say it's bad because Brad lived mm-hmm. and, you know, and it's, you know, every, you know, it's just well, been so be sweet. <laughs> that would disagree with you. <laughs> no. No. That's the best answer prayer in our yes. lifetime is, yeah. is you pulling through. And, Absolutely. And I love, we actually, um, on the way over here before this recording, we were talking about how you guys did infuse humor even in that and using Alexa <laughs> to brighten up your day. And oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> just yeah, playing silly music. Oh, and we do. Just, yeah. just keeping it. You know, I do uh-huh. think, especially going through health challenges when... Gosh, I mean, because a lot of, I think, especially in, in your all's case, there was a mm-hmm. lot of unknown with the timing. Like mm-hmm. they would tell you, you're going to walk on this day, uh-huh. but then there'd be more pain or then there'd be a setback. And mm-hmm. that can be really demoralizing. Mm-hmm. And it would be mm-hmm. easy to to even get really angry at God. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, we're human, you know, right. we're like, God, why? You know? Yeah. And I just, and, I, and I'm sure you guys had days like that where mm. it was a rough day. Yeah. But I just know that so much of the time you guys would somehow find a way to laugh or find, mm-hmm. you know, find hope in the middle of all this. And how, what do you think, mm-hmm. um, what are some ways you did that? Like what helped you the most, would you say? Um, for me personally, um, I think the most powerful thing is to be grateful and thankful. And so there are days, you know, you can wake up in a day and you can think about the things that, you know, you don't have or that aren't going right or that, you know, are lacking. But then you can think about all the things that you have to be thankful for. And so throughout the day, I would just really consciously think, oh, my goodness, I'm so thankful that, you know, um, I am able to take care of Brad, you know, mm-hmm. that yeah. I, that I'm able to do that physically, that I'm healthy. And, and I would think about, you know, how our needs were being met financially. And I was so thankful for that, how, you know, I, I just would, you know, consciously really be thankful for things. And sometimes mm-hmm. I would write them down, you know, oh Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm just so thankful for this, you know, controlling your thoughts, yeah. you know, and like the scripture says, you, you want to take those negative thoughts captive, mm-hmm. you know, things that come in and say, oh, well, things are never going to be the same, or, or you know, mm-hmm. how are you going to pull out of this? Or, you know, you can go down that road and that's so, it, it can become a big black hole. Mm-hmm. And you just have to stop those thoughts and think, no, you know, I am just so thankful. I'm so thankful Brad's here and I'm so thankful. And I would think about all you kids and all of our grandchildren. We have nine healthy grandchildren and uh, and we have such a wonderful life. And we have 
so much to be thankful for. And there's something about, I guess, you know, you kind of have thankfulness and then you kind of go into like a praise and worship almost. It's like, oh, you just, you just kind of, you know, there's something about being thankful that God just is, you just feel him so close, Mm -hmm. you know, when you think about, and for me, that is, I think the most powerful tool for me personally Mm -hmm. is just choosing to be thankful. Oh, I just love that Brad and Karen were on the podcast. We love you guys. Thank you so much for being on here with us. One of our, I mean, really a dream come true to be able to to share our parents with you guys. We just, yeah. we just love it. And hopefully maybe in the future we'll have them on again because they have so much wisdom to share. All right, guys, we have saved the biggest announcement for last. And it is no <laughs> shocker to Dave and I that the most popular episode of 2021 is... Masturbation in marriage. Oh, right. This is a touchy subject. Oh. It was uh, hard for us to get a grip on this one. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Can we even say that? I (laughs) am cringing. I'm cringing. Oh, so many many inappropriate If you like more dad jokes like these that are a little bit inappropriate and you have not listened to the entire Masturbation in Marriage episode... Please go give it a listen. But, but just we to talk give about you, more than just dad jokes. It is. Yes. A, it's a, it, it is. No, it legit has good information in it. I believe so. We got a lot of we got a lot of emails about this too. Obviously. Yeah. So. Yeah. Without further ado, here's a little clip for you. And to to start the conversation, um, I'll just say that um, a a lot of the masturbation that's happening in our culture is really. I'm not saying that this is everybody's situation. But a lot of it is kind of fueled by pornography. Yes. So anything that's fueled by porn is is automatically wrong. And I'm not saying this in like a preachy, judgy way. I was caught in this this cycle from like my teenage years into young adulthood um, where I would get caught up in pornography. And then even when um, I would break free from it for periods of time, like as a late teenager, young adult, I still was in the cycle of self-gratification yeah. that was being fueled by these images that had been put in my mind through pornography. So even though you're not watching it in real time, if if you're acting out on that um, because of, of kind of porn-fueled fantasies, then that's clearly out of bounds. We have so much content about why this is so dangerous. I've I've lived it. You know, I've seen that it hurt, you know, my, my own life. It hurt our marriage in those early years when I fell back into this cycle. Um, so that, I would say, is out of bounds. Like, if you're Looking, yeah. if you're getting fueled up by porn or whatever else, and you're having this fantasy that does not include your spouse, and you're 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 acting out that fantasy through self gratification, that that's out of bounds. Now, where it gets a little more nuanced is when it's the situations like this. Like, am, am I allowed to am I allowed to have this experience at all? Like, is is right. there is there ever a time where I where I can? Is this just a freedom that I have? Is this something that we? I've I've just been kind of rambling no. right now, thinking of my next dad joke. So why don't you <laughs> dive in? Because I'm I'm dying to hear what you have to say, my love. Well, I want to say first of all, I think that a lot of times people assume that masturbation, and really traditionally, kind of in the past, they would assume it's just men masturbating, and that's what you hear, like, oh, it's a male problem. But let me tell you guys, like, more and more we hear from women who really struggle with masturbation, and yeah. I really believe that a, a lot of times it, it's the same reason that men, you know, struggle with masturbation is because maybe they there's sexual needs like they you know maybe have a higher libido and it's not being met or maybe they're watching porn i mean women struggle with porn too and, 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 and we're then, in the vibrator ge- generation now well, like exactly that's what i was going to talk about so like 
there is such there's such a push not only through pornography but also through Cosmo through Freeform you guys like through shows on Freeform which is like supposed to be a family channel I I'm telling you you'll watch these like little programs which I've stopped watching because I'm like I just feel like it's it's telling a narrative that I don't want my kids to think you know is is healthy but there is this assumption through a lot of these successful women. Um, that if you're not, you know, masturbating with a vibrator, then you're missing out. And there was actually an article, and this was a few years ago, in, I think it was Cosmo or something related to Cosmo. I, I can't remember the source, but it was talking about how there's a lot of young women getting used to using a vibrator. And when they actually, you know, get married and, and are having intercourse, they're unable to orgasm because they're so used to the stimulation that a vibrator provides that a man can't possibly, because evidently they make these vibrators, you know, not, it's not like, like an actual right. male male genitalia, um, and so it's it's not it's not something that would would mimic sex. It's actually going deeper and stimulating the female more. And so you you and have desensitizing and, we, and desensitizing her, desensitizing being able her. to enjoy exactly. normal intercourse. And we hear from people like this, yeah. and and we've heard you know, and and there are, I guess there's certain situations where maybe you know a husband for whatever reason you know, can't stimulate his wife in that way. And I guess as a couple, they're using that. And so we're not shaming anybody here at all, but we are saying when you are using something, whether, whether it's, it's just gratifying yourself, using something like a vibrator to, to gratify yourself. And you're thinking about porn and you're just caught up in this world where it's just all about you satisfying your sexual needs. That, that is where this is a major issue because you lose the desire to connect with your spouse. Sex is meant to connect you and your spouse. It's meant to bring you closer together physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. And so when we look to masturbation to fulfill those needs, we're desensitizing ourselves not only physically to not desire it, but also emotionally, spiritually, mentally. And that's why we hear from so many of you saying, I want to stop this. Like, I, I mean, I remember fairly recently we received several messages from different women saying, I don't like, like, like the thing that you mentioned, Dave, I don't like that I do this. I don't like that I want to do this, but I am caught in this, this habit of, of wanting to masturbate and then feeling really frustrated because my body has gotten accustomed to the satisfaction that, that masturbation brings me and I'm having a hard time stopping. And so, you know, in those situations, what I would tell you, just like any addiction, and I'll use the word addiction, I believe you can be addicted to masturbation. Absolutely. Is you have to, you have to get clean, so to speak, and you have to stop it and fight those feelings, just like somebody, a junkie coming off, you know, getting used to, to taking drugs or an alcoholic being used to drinking alcohol regularly. We have to, we have to get sober, you know, we have to stop and and really allow the Lord to, to to get us healthy again. I mean, that's really essentially what it is. Yeah, and don't live in shame. Yes, you know, I think that's why we're talking the, about the this. shame cycle. Shame is from the enemy. Sh- yes. Shame is not God's deal. Now, conviction is something the Holy Spirit can bring. Conviction is like when you when you touch a hot stove and it hurts. It, that's that's your body's way of saying, "Hey, this isn't good for you. Get away from that." Conviction yeah. is is God's way of doing that kind of on a soul emotional level of saying, "Like, oh, well, that sting I'm like, feeling this isn't good for you. is from God on my conscience saying that this isn't good for you. It might yeah. feel good in a moment, right. but it's not good for you long term." And so we need to pull away from that because that that addictive behavior is going to desensitize you in a lot of ways, and it's going to put a gap between you and your spouse. Now, uh, before we kind of land the plane on this, though, what about those situations, those scenarios where? It's not this this kind of like lifelong cycle, you know, but it's it's the guy that that can't have sex with his wife for for several months because she's just had a baby or sure. there's a se- you know they're they're physically living in different places. 
you know, I'm not going to jump in and referee and say like, it's, it's right or wrong. I think if you're thinking, if you're focusing your thoughts on your spouse and you're open and you're honest about what's going on and you're not doing this in secret, um, I think that that could definitely be a freedom that we have in those kind of, those kind of situations. I don't see anything in scripture, Mm -hmm. uh, that, that directly forbids or condemns, you know, that as long as it's not fueled by lust from somebody else and you're being completely honest anytime there are secrets in marriage, then that secrecy by itself is out of bounds. Um, but the goal is always connecting with one another and sharing that sexual experience together. It was never meant to be just a, a solo act. God didn't create sex to be a solo act. And so, um, it's, is is it okay or not okay? I'm not the one to referee that, but it's it's not the best. It's not ideal because God wants all of our sexual experience really to be tied together, shared with one another. Well, guys, thank you so much for going through the best of 2021 with us and reminiscing on some of our favorite episodes and the most popular episodes. We just love you guys. Thank you again for spending a little bit of your day with us. We do not we do not take that for granted. We know you guys have busy schedules, and the fact that you would choose to have a little time with us and you feel like you're getting something out of this podcast, it means the world to us. It does. Before we wrap up, a couple quick announcements. Um, our brand new book, The Counterfeit Climax, is going to come out soon. And we're so excited to share this book with you. And we want to invite you to be on the launch team for it. Yes. Uh, so you can not only help us get the word out about it, but you can be among the very first to read it. If you go to thecounterfeitclimax.com, you can get all the information about how to pre-order the book, how to get on the launch team, how to get early access to it. That's right. We would love for you to be part of that. Secondly, we've got a bunch of live events happening early in 2022 and throughout all of 2022. If you go to xomarriage.com, you can get the full conference schedule. We would love to meet you at one of the live events in 2022. And in addition to those, we've got a lot of great stuff planned right here on the podcast. We do. We believe it's going to be a great year, and we just want to be among the first to wish you a happy new year. We'll see you soon. Bye.